welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello, welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 109 for Saturday the 14th of July. 2018 and I finished writing so many lines today I've written two days in a row so on Thursday I wrote 5,088 words and then today uh, in the last hour I just finished writing this I've written uh, wait for it 6,966 words now the reason that I wrote so many words was that I couldn't stop I was at the exciting bit and the exciting bit at the end takes as many words as it takes so I was just like, I was just like, um, you know, pounding away at the keyboard there, getting the story out. And uh, it, so it's just short of 7,000 words today. So always, I always find it interesting, actually, to find that I can write that many in a day and still be fresh. And I still could have written some more, but I wouldn't really want to write many more than that. It's quite enough. And I'd really write that many words in exceptional circumstances. It's a lot, it's a lot of words to do. And you certainly couldn't keep it up. Well, I, I don't think I could keep it up for any length of time. So um, that's, what was that, 12,054 words written over the past two days. That is the first draft finished. And I, I know I've said this a couple of times, but it really just doesn't feel like any length of time at all since I was talking to you about writing this book. Yet when I look at, back at my calendar, I, just, I always write the word count down because on a calendar because I like to hang on to these, so I've always got a permanent record of it. I started writing this book on the 5th of May, um, but but as, as I say, in terms of these diaries, it doesn't feel to me like I've been writing any t- time at all. So I guess it's what just over, I guess just over two months, isn't it? If I started on the fifth of May and I finished it on the thirteenth of July, it's like two months and a week. So that's not bad for for a ninety thousand word book. Um, I'm I'm quite pleased with it. I know it needs a lot of work. It's it's quite uh, rough in that respect. Um, I, I know it's going to need a good old edit, and I need. I know there are some continuity errors in it. There are always continuity errors. So, you when you when you start to write a book, you you strike out, and you start to write the thing, but a lot of the time, plot lines or details emerge as you're writing. So many times when I'm writing, I just see the answer in front of me, and I'm aware that maybe I need to go back and change something or just put a little uh, nod to that item happening in the in the plot. So I'm aware that it needs changing. It'll. I'm just going to leave it now. I don't think. I don't think I'm going to do any work on this book over summer. I think that's me for the summer holidays. Now I, I think so. If I write anything over summer, I have got a non-fiction book in mind. So if I find that I'm up early and can't sleep over summer, I might start to write a non-fiction. But I'm not writing any fiction over summer. Uh, the next date I've got penciled in to start writing fiction is. It says looking at the planner. 7th of September is when I'm planning to start writing fiction again. That's pretty well. Is that two months? So July, August, September. Yeah, it's pretty well two months in between uh, you know, now and then. So I've got two months off writing. Uh, it'll give me time to, to flesh out my ideas and you know write a plan and all that sort of stuff. And as I say, I don't think I'm even going to edit that book over summer. I think I'm just going to dedicate summer now to doing all the things that I've been saying to you that I haven't had time to do. I've got them all on my board. I've got some training to do, Mark Dawson's training. I've got some Amazon ads training. I've got some things to do with marketing, with blogs and stuff like that. So pretty well, that's how I'm expecting to spend the summer now, doing all those sorts of jobs, thinking about my next book, 
The reason I'm in no rush to get this book edited is uh, I don't have the money in the bank for it yet. So I'm waiting for the book bub and I'll wait to see how much or how little money I make from that. But I'm hoping one of my kind of aspirations with the book bub, if it does go well, if it goes half as well as last time, is that it will come up with the money to put that book through an editor. That's what I'm hoping for. But I'm not going to set any timescales for it until I know that I've got the funds in my pocket to pay an editor to do that. Now, because it's a 90, well, it's 96,000 words, we're talking about a thousand pounds for an edit there. That's going to be a thousand pounds. So I'm going to need to make sure I got that money in the bank. Um, as I say, and, and because I bootstrap my writing business, that has to come through the business. I don't raid house money to do that. It all has to be funded through the business. So the business has to make the money to pay the editor. That's just a little rule that I apply to myself. So I won't be robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, it doesn't come from the house money or anywhere else. It has to come from the business which sustains the writing. And because I'm paying that um, expensive course off, when that gets paid off, then I'll start to accrue the money for the uh, for the edit. So um, it feels funny to have written uh, 96,000 words. Was it 96,203 words that book came to in the end? First draft words, it'll get hacked and sorted and made better, but um, it could just sit in a, in a proverbial drawer because it is only in digital form, of course, and I'll come back to it probably September when I'm a little bit clearer about what I'm doing and what all my time frames are. So uh, there you go. I'm very happy with that. I was very pleased when I've written a book and then I shall start to get jittery over summer when I'm not writing because like riding a bicycle, I shall begin to fear that I'm going to lose the, the ability to do it. But uh, so yeah, two months off now writing unless I write that nonfiction book. So um, the next thing really for me, the next pivotal moment is this book bub, because this book bub hopefully will bring somebody into the business to then move that book on. That's what I'm hoping. Otherwise, it will have to sit there until I've earned it. So I, I got a couple of mechanisms for this. Uh, book bub is, is the first one, of course. And the book bub promo will come at the end of the week. And I, I've been flapping a little bit about this book bub. If, if it was just like for like, if I was going to do exactly what I did last time with the book bub, so it was on Amazon, it wasn't wide, and it was in KDP Select, then I would be pretty confident at this stage to say, sure, good, I'm going to make 3,000 quid at least from that. Um, but I'm not confident at all because it's wide. And the reason I'm not confident at all is I've never really sold any books um, through Kobo or through iBooks and Barnes and Noble, you know, just just one or two. Um, I've never sold books at any scale on those outlets. And, and part of that is my self, my self belief or my belief in, in the ability of those platforms to sell books on any kind of scale. Because I've never seen Kobo sell any number of books for me, I almost at the moment can't believe that it will. So I would be astonished, for instance, if if I got a hundred sales on Kobo of my book, uh, that would astonish me because I've not seen that uh, on Kobo before. So I, I am, I'm just really hesitant to make any kind of predictions about this book, Bub, because it, it's, it's a book, Bub, of course it is, but it's not what I had last time. It's a very different thing. And the whole thing's more complicated and more a hassle, of course, because it, I've got to go wide. And when you do KDB Select, you just schedule the thing and you know it's going to be free by the time the promo comes. It's all different now. You've got to go onto help desks and ask people to make sure it's live by a certain date. And if they don't get it ready, you're all going to be jittery that it's not going to be ready on time. You've got all this nonsense when you when you do a promo that's wide. I think what it's raised for me is this desire that Google and Barnes & Noble and everybody else would have some kind of simple mechanism 
where you can just set up a promo and say, look, I want it to be free on these dates. Just go on with it. And I'll program it a month out and the software just takes care of it. But unfortunately, it's not like that with the other outlets. So yeah, bit bit sort of a bit nervous to make any kind of predictions with this. I just haven't got a clue what it's going to do. As far as I'm concerned, it just might die a death. Uh, I, I'm kind of my worst case scenario is that Amazon will sell some books, and but we won't get the reads, and that I'll sell virtually nothing on the other channels, and I'll maybe cover my costs and make a couple hundred quid. That's kind of what I'm expecting to do with this. But uh, as always, I'll tell you what I'm doing. And I'll tell you what the numbers were, unless unless I have to convey that just through my tears in the podcast. So uh, I, I've started to think about it, as I mentioned last week. What I have done is I I want to I want to make available in some form uh, a big kind of box set. Now I have to be careful; I can't get the reads on this because a lot of the books are already they're not in they're out of KDP Select. But somehow I, I want to sort of sell a box set and work out how I can squeeze the best out of that. So again, I, I you know what I might end up doing, I don't know, I, I'm sort of stuck with Kobo for three months now, so I can't put anything into KDP Select. But what I thought I can do is I could put a box set, for instance, on BookFunnel, and I could just sell that directly. And uh, I would make, well, I'd make 100% on that minus whatever the fees were from I think is it payhip I use if I I think I use payhip for book funnel and the reason I use payhip is because it manages the VAT for you so when you sell digital products because of a a rule called VAT MOSS so it's VAT VAT MOSS M-O-S-S look it look it up online you'll see all sorts on it when you sell digital products online you have to levy VAT at the rate of the country um, from, from where the person is buying it that's a huge pain if you're doing that manually. I don't do that manually at all. So I only use services which take care of the VAT for me. And I'm sure it's Payhip. I think it's Payhip with uh, BookFunnel that, uh, that allows me to do that. So I've got this lovely sort of six pack done and I got a nice cover put in it. And I just wanted to share this resource with you. It's, I'd never heard of it before. I can't even remember. I found it now, but I, I was working on this in the week. It's called bookcoverzone.com, bookcoverzone.com. And it's really good, actually, because it's got loads of covers on there. Um, and, and it's like, you've heard me talk about this before on the diary. It's like ready-made covers, pre-made covers, which I've got a lot of time for. Um, I would highly recommend sometimes that you look at pre-made covers because they can sometimes be exactly what you want. So pre-made covers, I would look at for standalones. They're not so good for series um, because people tend not to to sell standalone, uh, I beg your pardon, uh, ready-made covers for series. But for standalone books, they can be brilliant. And what I wanted was a cover that I could put on a big box set of six books. So that's got the Don't Tell Meg trilogy in it, Dead of Night, Burden of Guilt, and One Fatal Error, which is basically all the the thrillers that I've got in my repertoire that are wide at the moment. So therefore, I'm free to sell in any way that I please. So um, I, I've basically got this nice cover, and I really like this uh, site. Now, you know, it's not... It's not perfect, nothing ever is, but it was really cheap. And I've got this lovely thriller cover of a, a lady's eyes looking through um, shattered glass. And it was really clever, actually, because they put text on it. And in Book Cover Zone, you choose the cover that you want. And you can actually, you can change the text and it 
brings all the fonts in and you can change the gaps and the size and everything. So I've basically created this this nice cover that says exclusive uh, Paul JT, the complete thriller collection, includes the Don't Tell Meg thrill- trilogy. And it, look, and it looks great. And I downloaded it. And I go in there and, and change the text on it because I bought the, the kind of image now. It, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but very, very good if you want a, a reasonable cover for a reasonable price and you want to have a little bit of control over that and you don't want to have to deal directly with a graphics artist. So I highly recommend you look at it. I, I said, don't know where, even where I found it from, but I was very happy with it. So what I did is I created that cover and I went on to Fiverr and I've got myself a nice box set graphic done now. And if you take a look at the resources pages or the resource page for this episode at selfpublishingjourneys.com, you'll be able to see what that box set looks like. And what I'm really, what I want to do is I want to have a premium offering um, that's priced in a way that makes people who are looking at Don't Tell Meg maybe think, oh, I'm just going to grab that. That's got everything in it. I'll just grab that. There's loads of good stuff in there. Um, and, I, and I'll probably list it wide, but also I'll have it as a product that I can sell direct through BookFunnel. So I'm just really thinking through ways that I can squeeze as much out of this as I possibly can. But either way, I've now got a lovely graphic for a six-pack of my books. And whether I was wide or on KDP Select only, I'm still going to be able to use that. Now, the thing I know about Kobo is that you can sell box sets. I think on on Amazon, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that the the max price on Amazon that you can sell a box set for is $9.99, whereas on Kobo, you can sell it for more than that. And also, I think box sets go really well in Canada. I'm sure I've heard that somewhere before. So again, because I'm on Kobo, I do want to have this premium offering. So I got all these, I'm kind of juggling all these marketing-y things in my head and um but you know bottom line is i have a six pack now uh, not literally in book form of course in my dreams i have one in physical form so um the other thing i mentioned to you last week is because i'm on kobo now i dived into doing these promos that they do and um i've got some results to reveal to you this week if you remember i submitted like a crazy man to five promos and so far i've had two accepted two declined and one is still pending. So the two that I had accepted were the Beach Read sale. So I've got the Don't Tell Meg box set in that. And then also One Fatal Error is in the free page Mysteries and Thrillers list, which is fab. And then I had the Double Daily Deal and the free page Editor's Pick Mysteries rejected. So you win some, you lose some, and I've got one outstanding at the moment. Now, um, these run from what are the dates? 19th of July to the 23rd for the Beach Reads and 16th to the 22nd for the Free Page Mysteries. Now, I've never tried a Kobo promo before. As I said to you right at the beginning of this diary, I've never really shifted books in any kind of numbers on any other outlet than than Amazon before. So I'm just really interested to see what I could do. As I'm now committed with Kobo or to Kobo for three months, I just really want to take it out for a good old spin. Um, And and by, by pushing the boat out it will allow me to make a judgment about whether I'm a KDP select guy in three months time or whether I'm going to stay wide. So I really want to just give everything a real good push. And that includes the book bub too, because uh, I might get a pleasant surprise with the book bub. I might sort of think, oh my goodness, I should have been wide all the time. I, I just don't know what to think and I don't know what to expect. So I'm sort of being very cautious in my predictions, but I want to try everything because I want to know. Um, you know, certainly in terms of my author career, it's good for me to know which kind of book bub works best, a KDP Select version or 
uh, a wine version and there's only one way to find out and that's the jump in head first so uh, i will let you know as soon as i know i'll let you know the results uh, w- whether they're good or disappointing um in the kobo promos and in the book bub promo too i just wanted to mention a an article to you it's um a podcast that i listen to it's a, a kind of a geeky podcast I, I say it's geeky it's not geeky at all but it's to do with marketing proper uh, pro- topics sorry i'm delirious i've written too many words today um and the podcast is presented by targetinternet.com and one of their episodes just caught my attention last week because it was about WordPress they've called it the joys of WordPress um, and you'll often hear me if you if you hear me in any of my kind of marketing presentations I'll always say look yes you can use Wix look you can use cheap things but if you're building a proper business use WordPress and uh, there are very good technical reasons for that strategy. It's not that I'm snobby about Wix. I'd rather you had a website, any website, than no website at all. That's my bottom line. But long term, something like WordPress is much better. Now, uh, if if you have WordPress or if you're thinking about getting a website and you want to know what the big deal is about WordPress, then the Target Internet did a great uh, podcast episode last week, I think it was. I thought it was fab. I shared it on Twitter and I'll put the the link, the web link, the direct web link to it on the resources page at selfpublishingjourneys.com because I just felt that it was an accessible and well-balanced feature about WordPress. And it doesn't just give you the good stuff, it gives you the bad stuff as well. So it's just a really good way of of making an informed judgment about whether WordPress is what you want to use for your author words uh, or the website. Another thing that happened this week is I got a box full of books from Ingram Spark. I think I mentioned this in previous diaries. I'm I'm considering, well, there's a couple of things going on. The first thing is that I wanted The Secret Bunker to be able to order the books through Ingram Spark channel. So these are the formal channels that bookshops get them through. And, and when you sell through Ingram Spark, I always set them up. Well, I, now I do. Now I kind of know more about this. I set them up with a 55% discount and I view Ingram Spark as a loss leader. I don't make any money from it. You know, if I make anything, it's 30p or something ridiculous, but I don't expect to make any money from it. For me, it's a pure loss leader. And my logic with this is that the secret bunker now sells book one uh, in the secret bunker series. This is the secret bunker, the place they sell my book, book one. And that, um, it's, it's worth my while because they sell so many of them to make them available uh, with negligible profit. As long as I cover my costs and make a few pennies, that's okay. Because if people like the book, they'll go on to buy from Amazon or whatever other outlets I sell through, The Secret Bunker 2 and 3. So it makes every sense in the world for me to make that easily available to The Secret Bunker, to allow them to sell as many as they can, because it's sausage on a stick for me. It's getting people to try one sausage and then buy the whole packet if they like it. So The Secret Bunker makes every sense to me. Um, the grid I had on historically, it was listed historically. For some reason, I take it, taken it off Ingram Spark. I can't remember why. I suspect I got I got into a problem with um, ISBN numbers and things when I was figuring all that stuff out. I think that when I first listed on, um, not Create Space on Ingram Spark, I think I probably used something like the same ISBN that I did on Create Space or or something like that, and I ended up with two books clashing, and it just got complicated. So I think I probably took them down. But I, I kind of get my, I've got my head around all of that stuff now. Now I'm a, more of an old boy of self-publishing. So again, I'll, I'll put those things right to make those books available. And then, of course, because I paid all this money for these covers on Don't Tell Meg, I, I wanted to make sure I'd got some nice paperbacks available. I'd quite like to see if I can get those in my local Waterstones or something like that, see if anybody's interested. Um, because those books you know, sell well, people seem to like them. They're a nice little series. 
So um, I just thought I'd get the Don't Tell Next done, seeing as I've got these lovely high quality PDF covers sorted. So again, it's really just me just chugging another little marketing project along. There's no urgency to it at all. I do want to get the Secret Bunker one done. Um, but the others, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'll get to them probably over the summer while I'm working through all these marketing jobs. But I've put a picture of that box of books. And if you're a new author, if you haven't published your first book yet, let me tell you the excitement of seeing your books in paperback. You know, I sell most of my books, and I think most indie authors will tell you this. They sell most of their books in digital form. Though I have to say there is an exception to that, as I constantly sell this MailChimp book. It's been, what a surprise it is to me. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get rich off it, but I'm selling more of that MailChimp book without any marketing. I, I ever have any paperback. It's amazing. It just sells itself. Um, so other than that non-fiction book, it's, 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 it's fabulous, that mailship one. Um, there's no thrill like holding your book in your hand and there's no thrill like seeing your books on your bookshelf. It, you know, it, it never, it never ends. I don't think it ever ends. So if you are a new author, do, do get a paperback. Even if you just pop it through Create Space, get a paperback because you'll feel really proud when you hold your paperback in your hand. And I constantly look at my books and I think, how the heck did I write all of that? How did I do that? And then, of course, I know the answer, which is I sit down <laughs> once a week uh, over a period of time. I write 5,000 words at a time. And if you just keep doing the work, you get a book. You know, I know how it's done, but I still look at a book and think, how did I do that? Uh, every time I hold one, when I look at a whole row of books, um, which I've got now, I've got quite a row of books now, I just, I still don't really know how I did it, but I was there and I did it. So I know it's possible, but uh, I'm sure most authors must get that feeling sometimes. But uh, you never stop being proud of your books, I think. So always get a paperback as a treat to yourself at the very least. And I've been doing some work in Patreon as part of my kind of summer holiday thinking and development and marketing work. I, I want to get the podcast sorted out. There's, a, there's some housekeeping I want to do. I've had the lamest ever proposition for people to support me on patreon to be very inconsistent so i'm very grateful to the people who are supporting me on patreon already thank you very much for that we hit our first target which was to cut you know to cover the basic costs of the podcast which is fabulous i was talking to pip reed i think it was on facebook and i'd had a couple of suggestions that i might start to just show some of my little geeky things just to demonstrate them online in patreon and um, i i just started a, a mini trial this week and the, the mini trial basically was i, I had kind of 20 minutes to spare. So yesterday I was about to record the crypto podcast with Alison and I, and I was ready early and I thought, well, you know, I've got sort of half an hour on my hands. What should I do? Oh, I know. I'll record a, a quick Patreon video and pop it in the in the subscribers only area in Patreon. And I had another half hour the, the other day and I thought, oh, I've got half an hour. I'll record this video and pop it in Patreon. So there are new, there are two new um, Patreon exclusive videos now in, in that area. Uh, I did a video on how to set up a Melo, a MailerLite auto resend, and I explained why you need to do it. So there's some internet kind of marketing stuff in there and showing you in MailerLite how to set up an auto resend. If you've got um, any kind of um, email marketing system, you should be doing this. I, I tend to call it, I call it a resend to no opens. That's just a habit from my internet marketing days. What we, that's what we used to call it then. But MailerLite call it an auto resend. You can do it in MailChimp too, but it's a pain. Um, I might do a video on MailChimp to show you how to do it in MailChimp, but it, it's a pain in MailChimp. It's not as easy as it is in MailerLite. Um, but there's a video on that. It's about a 20 minute video. And then I also tell you why you should do it and how to do it and things to consider when you do it, all of that kind of marketing stuff. And then also, um, I was doing something last night. I thought, oh, this would be useful. So I've done another video on how to take screenshots when you're an author. Now, screenshots are really important because you need to take screenshots if you get that bestseller tag 
or if you if you get a really good position on Amazon or if you get a lovely bit of feedback on Twitter you need to take screenshots of those things so that you can share them in future they're they're like testimonials if you want and so I thought well, that's a handy thing to show people so I've shown you three ways to take screenshots two of them for free one of them using the piece of software that I use every day I use it virtually every day I, I I'm pretty confident so I use it every day um, it's sort of part of my my life online now so those are two new um, Patreon exclusive videos. You've got to be a member of Patreon. Even you've just got to start at the $1 uh, per month uh, level and then you, you could get access to those um, videos. Uh, but I shall be adding more of those and I'd welcome your feedback. And if you've got suggestions, by the way, if you are a Patreon uh, already, um, then feel free to shoot me a message and say, Paul, would you show me how to do this? Or would you just shoot me a little video, uh, with your thoughts on this? Uh, that, I mean, that's perfect. That's a perfect kind of relationship to have with Patreon supporters. So if there is anything you're stuck on or you'd quite like me to just do a little video on, uh, let me know and I'll get around to it. And I'll pop it in Patreon at some point, but I'm just trying to add a little bit more extra value there. And if you just bear with me over summer, because I know it's been a bit rubbish on Patreon, but I, I will come back at some point with a, a stronger proposition. Um, on Patreon to make sure that supporters are getting uh, more unique content and more value. Um, Book Funnel came out with a new innovation this week. It's called uh, Book Funnel Print Codes. And these are uh, basically codes that you can give to people uh, when you see them in the flesh. So they're codes that you can put on your calling cards and hand deliver them to, to fans. Um, and I've, I won't go into this in any detail because I'll let BookFuddle do the explaining, but I've put a link to their article on the show notes for this week, and that is at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Um, but they're all part of your book funnel account if you've got one. I think you've got to be in at least one of the paid options. So I think the least you can pay per year, something like $20, something like that for book funnel. So uh, it's well worth a look though, because it's just another way that you can market. And if you're one of these people who likes the network and see people in person, I think it'd just be something that's very interesting to you. I, I, I'm kind of really into book funnel at the moment. For a while, I thought that Insta Freebie had you know, taken the role um, but I think, you know, Insta Freebie kind of need to get a little bit more innovating done, whereas BookFunnel are constantly innovating and have come up with some brilliant ideas. And their response to GDPR was really strong as well. So um, I'm really interested in BookFunnel at the moment. And as I said, on the on the book bub that I have, I am planning to make a or to have my first um, sale available through the BookFunnel portal to allow people to buy from me directly just to give it a try. That is it for this week's podcast diary. I've managed to keep it really short and concise today just to prove that I can. Uh, as I said, I'm punch drunk from writing 7,000 words. So if I'm a little bit delirious on this podcast, please do excuse me. Um, there's no guest episode next week. Remember, we're on our kind of summer break now and it feels even more like summer for me now I finished writing that book. I didn't mention, by the way, um, I, I should just mention this before we finish. I was due to finish that book next Friday, but... Um, I had a corporate training this week, which was cancelled, um, and that was due. Uh, they've got a lot of things going on at the moment, and they did—they didn't have that many people. And I said, "Look, I'd rather cancel it. I'd rather have the day than do the work." So, so I know that's naughty, isn't it? But I—I I, I would actually rather have had the day. So, so we cancelled it because we weren't—you know—we didn't have so many people that we—it would make it impossible to cancel it. So I said, "Let's cancel it now, and then I get a day back." So I, I'd rather have the day at this stage. So. 
That meant I could write Thursday and Friday. So the book is now done a week ahead of time. And then next week, Thursday and Friday, that then cleared the decks for me to go down to a podcasting mastermind in Peterborough, which I'm doing next Thursday. And then I'll travel back on the Friday. Um, so that all worked pretty well for me, but I should explain that because I think last week's diary, I'd said to you, oh, I'll only be doing one day's writing this week and I might write on the Saturday. Well, it's all gone it's all juggled completely around since then and the writing's done it's all done because I managed to cancel that um, training day and that um, I've only got now two training events left I'm hoping another one's going to be cancelled actually I'm doing one in Lancaster uh, I mean I don't mind it's not a long one it's not a full day's training um, but I got one scheduled in Lancaster this is on blockchain uh, and it's only an hour so it's not long but I'm, I'm quite keen I hope that one gets cancelled if we're lucky I'm just hoping everybody's away on some holidays and it's all a bit quiet so they decide to cancel it because that that frees up a nice week for me and then I've got one which I, I, I will be doing I'm very happy to do and that is the historical novel society talk which is on a Saturday in in August and then I don't well I say I don't have any trainings booked I, I do actually I'm just we're, we're going to trial a um, a four-day podcasting course. So one of the things that has struck me going to this podcasting mastermind is that they're, they're charging huge fees for, to set up and to, to edit and, and manage podcasts. And I just thought, I'm missing a trick here. I got, I got all these episodes uh, in the pot, all this podcasting experience. I need to have a, a charging basis for this. If somebody knocks on the door and says, Paul, will you tell me how to set up a podcast? Um, I need to be ready for that rather than blundering, blundering around trying to work out how much I'm going to charge somebody. So I've, I've done that now. I have a charging basis and I am quite keen. This is this nonfiction book. I'm quite keen just to just kind of milk my podcasting experience a little bit more and maybe write a beginner's guide to podcasting kind of book. Um, just, just the way I do it to just tell people how to very cheaply and fast get a podcast up and running. And uh, so quite tempted to just build a little bit of a sideline around the podcasting business. Now if that podcasting book sold you know, as, as many as that MailChimp book does, that, that would be a nice little learner uh, in the background for me. So um, that's just one of those ideas that's hovering. But um, th- this um, podcasting masterclass that uh, I went to has been uh, very interesting. So I'm going to continue to go to it, but it has made me see the value of what I know and what I do. So uh, that's all sort of very interesting and something that I will be keeping my eye on and I do have a web page now if you want to have a look at it it's just a web page that's kind of sitting there uh, so if anybody knocks on the door and says Paul will you show me how to set up a podcast I've got a nice price set up and I've got a nice sales page set up and I can take the cash so um, if you go to expresspodcasts.co.uk you'll be able to take a look at that page and that page incidentally is a sort of traditional what's called a long-form sales page which is what we used to do in internet marketing. And a lot of people, uh, I say a lot of people, some people look at those pages and say, oh, I wouldn't touch that. That's all scammy and I'm not reading that. But actually they work really well. They're very good for conversion because what they do is they they kind of set up a story. They set up the pain. Um, they set up the your story and then you sell the solution. They're, they're a very kind of standard format kind of sales letter and they convert very well. So... Um, from a marketing point of view, you might find that quite an interesting sales page to look at because that's what that's all about. That's how I do my sales pages. I've got a sales page for my Vellum on a PC product and I got a sales page for my self-publishing academy product. And they all follow exactly the same format where you set up the pain that the person who's reading it is having. 
you know, the difficulties and the struggles. Then you talk about yourself and, and how you've managed to overcome these things. And then you sell the service that's going to resolve their pain, having set up your credibility as the guy or the gal who's, who knows how to do that. And as I say, it works very well. That's what we always used to do in internet marketing. That's all the sales pages were exactly the same kind of um, format. The only difference with the internet marketing one once were, I guess, you know, that what this is the bit I didn't like about internet marketing is there'd be all these earnings shots saying, you know, this is how much I made with this technique. Uh, they convert a hell of a lot better like that. I can tell, I can tell you that when you've got all these earnings shots on, but, um, Usually the earnings shots were taken from the last launch you did. That was the truth of it. So it's not something I was very comfortable doing. So I, I got out of that. But um, I can tell you that sales pages convert a hell of a lot less when you don't use those techniques, uh, unfortunately. So that, that's it for the podcast, Dari. So I, I did I divert a little bit there. As I said, I'm punch drunk from doing all this writing today. Uh, there's no guest on Monday. Uh, we're on the summer break, remember. But the next guest interview, if you want to pop this in your diary, it's going to be Debbie Young from the Alliance of Independent Authors. She also writes Cozy Crimes. Fascinating talking about that. Debbie's going to be on on Monday, the 6th of August. And then I'll have another Paul's podcast diary for you on Saturday, the 21st of July. That's a week from today. So have a fabulous week of writing. I can tell you that I won't be doing any writing at all in the next week because I just finished another novel. (laughs) So I can feel smug about that. But don't worry, I'll be getting itchy fingers soon and I'll start to plan the next one. It won't be long. It always gets me. Have a great week of writing. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.